The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 present Wake Up in the Den with Kuwale Agbayani. Good morning, beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den, Kule Agbayani, Alan Mia. Happy Aloha Tuesday after a long weekend. We missed you guys yesterday, but hope everyone had a, a great Christmas. And can you believe this is the last week of the year. Where, 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 oh my, did the time go? It is the last week. And you know what I didn't bring up maybe, what, a week ago? We don't even have the official date. I don't know why we, oh well, I guess I'm I'm just not an anniversary person. But I realized that the show has been on the air for just over a year. Yes. Because it started in December, but we need to go find what the exact date is. I was just, and, let's just make up a number. Okay, we'll make it. We'll make it the sixteenth, since that's Dad's birthday, and so it's my Dad's birthday, and it'll be the anniversary of the show. Okay. There we go. I'm, I'm down 16th. with that. There you go. Happy <laughs> birthday, Dad. Woo! Okay, that's our official. But yeah, I forgot to bring that up when it was a little bit like yeah, a week or so ago. I'm like, what is our official date? I so I haven't been kicked off. I haven't been kicked off yet. Um, happy to have been with you guys for a year, um, and yeah, to our million and uh, four and a half. Four. No, it, I think we're. At, oh, so I have to tell you the story. Oh, wait, we have a half. Well, you missed. Um, you missed my whole story from during the tournament last week. Uh, I think I talked about it on Friday show, um, and then, yeah. So we have like around six and a half now. Oh, six and, six and, a, and a half. Because I was speaking to Joyce Lau, who does a fabulous job. She's like the best ever. She retired, but it seems like she volunteers more than she was working over for the University of Hawaii, the different sports programs there. Uh, but she said her son listens to our podcast. So I had to make sure we recorded it because he even told her like, oh yeah, but it hasn't been up lately. That's because kool has been slacking. What? No, I joked with her that, no, it's the last week has been up because Alan wasn't there. So I always remember to press record. <laughs> so there are episodes up uh, at hawaiisportsradio.com. Wow. And, but her son listens to the podcast version. So Yay. And then um, you missed the one where I talked about where I don't know if it was just the heavens talking to me and I was just hearing things. But coming out of the Ed Wong area, a VIP area from the tournament, I think on Thursday's game, Thursday or Friday's Thursday's game. Um, I swear there were like there were like two guys that were towards the right by the exit, but there's curtains. So you can't really see. So once I walk through, uh, they were. <laughs> I thought I heard them say like, I'm your biggest fan. And I stopped, but I was already past the entrance and I looked back and I was like, I couldn't really see anyone. And then I'm like, no, that wasn't for me. And then I took a couple more steps and they were like, I listen to your show every day. And I was like, did I just hear that? So we you have. Sure, we have are you sure the, some people from other stations weren't in the uh, building with you? No. Then we'll take it. We'll take it. We'll take That's it. Why. I'm like, it's we take so it. Us. We'll take it. Woo! So we have, we have, we're, we're building. Right, we're building a to a, a million, million, you know, or it's such a big number well, now. We, we can we, million six and a half yeah, million. We're, oh, we're going whatever. for million ten. <laughs> <laughs> we're almost there. Almost there, people. But yes, we we have had such a fun year of this show. And then just this year, 2022, it was nice to be back in like full force at the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic over the weekend. That game was insane. I'm still like on this high of that win 
and Hawaii, not only making the championship game for the first time in program history and then winning the championship, obviously, for the first time in program history. And then in that fashion, <laughs> I rewatched the game or like the ending um, because so I couldn't even I. I could barely even watch the last minute of that game, which the last minute stretched for like five minutes. But starting with, okay, like Noel Coleman has the ball. We're down the two points and then dribbles the ball off his foot. I'm like, really? Really? This is how it's going to end. And then I'm like, typical. This is how our heart breaks all the time. We're so close, but yet so far, you know, they inbound the ball. Hawaii has to foul and rightfully or smartly does. Then SMU takes the free throw, misses the free throw. So I'm like, oh my gosh. Because you're already expecting that they're going to make at least one free throw. So you're like, okay. Misses the first free throw. And like, and then Samuja goes up, grabs the rebound. And you're like, yes. And then I kind of already slouched back into my seat. And then throws it, away. Throws it out of bounds. Tries to find Jovan, throws it out of bounds. I'm like, okay, great. This is, yep, here we go. Here we, here's the heartbreak again. And then, <laughs> and then they, SMU, well, first, and then it was more dramatic because first when Samucha throws it out of bounds, the refs called it for SMU. So you're like, oh, what? We got the ball. Of course it wasn't. They reviewed it and it goes back to SMU. Foul. Misses the free throw again. We get the rebound, call a timeout. And you're like, oh my gosh, I think there was like, what, like nine seconds on the clock or something at that time. And then, Passes it to Jovan. Dribbles on the court. Ah! <laughs> it was insane. It's, it's pandemonium because when every now and then you get that game where you go, we should not have won that game. And that was this game. With everything that happened, especially in the last couple minutes of that game, Hawaii should not have been in a position even to win that game. But thankfully, not giving up, and, and, and persevering through, uh, you know, all the, the the trials and tribulations of that moment, they were able to succeed. And with a little luck, too, because SMU, you know, the fact that they couldn't hit their free throws down the stretch really hurt them. Uh, but you look at that game and you go like, wow, Hawaii really should not have won that game. I don't care what anybody says. What what transpired in the last two minutes, that, that had SMU riding off into the sunset on the Pony Express. See what I did there? Um, you know... It had it had SMU written all over it, and and the luck be it the Hawaii comes up on top, winning their first Diamond Head Classic. But I just started flying text. So I did the we were talking off air. I did the the quintessential Kobe Bryant cheer. It used to be called the Kobe cheer. You remember when Kobe Bryant was playing, and he would especially in his younger younger days, he would take a lot of dumb shots, but he would make <laughs> it right. So over the course of his career, you. Especially me, and especially all of us growing up in LA, we used to do the, the what was called the Kobe chair. No, Kobe, 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 what are you doing, Kobe? Kobe, why would Kobe really? What are you doing? What are you thinking? Yeah, Kobe, I knew you could do it all along. Kobe, you're the best, the greatest, and that's what those last two minutes were. I was sending you text messages as I was watching from home. <laughs> he was. I'm going like, you know, I was, I was. These are these are kind of mean texts because we're just blowing it. Ball off the knee, um, you know, off of Coleman's knee, and then. Getting the rebound, perfect. You still got 30 seconds or eight, I think 20 something seconds to to run a play. Throw it straight out of bounds. And and then all the drama, the fouling, the free throws missing. And then I'm and then all of a sudden I, I sent like 
I don't even know what the text was, but I was like, I knew it all along. And, uh, yeah. And I'm just like freaking out, like Merry Christmas to us. So the exact timing here. So Noel Coleman's turnover when it goes off his foot, because we called the timeout. Um, well, Beyond Riley had missed the three before that with just over a minute. And then SMU t- turned it over with 32 seconds left. Hoy calls that timeout, tries to run a play. Noel Coleman dribbles it off his foot at 11 seconds left on the clock. And they then after they draw the foul um, and then, oh, yeah, they had to fall twice to put them into the bonus. And so the missed free throw for Zurich Phillip or Phelps, which is really he's really good, by the way, uh, had eight seconds left on the clock. Samuta defensive rebound turnover. um, And then they fouled. So five seconds left on the clock when Kamaka Hepa got that defensive rebound after they had Samuel Williamson missed the free throw and called the timeout with four seconds left on the clock. Four seconds. This is like some March Madness stuff before when, March even comes. At what time did Beyond Riley take that three-pointer miss? So Beyond Riley missed that three-point shot at 104. Okay, at 104 marker, that could have been pivotal because you had plenty of time on the clock and, and you still had time on the shot clock and Beyond Riley's you know, they settled for that three-pointer from Beyond Riley. I remember watching that and I was like, that's not the person you want taking that shot at that moment, especially with time on the clock. You want to get a quality look. You're only down. I, what Were they down? Were they two at that moment still? Yeah. They were down. At, yeah, they, they were down two. So all you needed was a two-pointer, drive to the middle. Uh, a couple of the SMU players are in foul trouble already as well. So you have a lane there and you settled for a three-pointer from the guy you don't want taking the three-pointer. No offense to Beyond Riley, but there's, I don't a, know. there's he, other that guys. That was his spot, though, against watch that Washington State game. But you watch he his, hit that big-time three from that shot. And actually, because we're we where we sit is right behind him. And he has a nice stroke from there. And that three-point shot, he was wide open. And it was a nice release. It was just a little bit to the right. And it wasn't a bit like... It, I think for me I in mean, that we'll, moment... Yeah, we'll agree to disagree because yeah. it wasn't a bad shot. I, I'm not saying I it's a think, bad shot. Yeah. I'm, okay, I'm not saying it's a bad shot. But I'm thinking at that moment with time still on the shot clock, you're only down two. You don't need a three-pointer in that moment. And Well, that's why it was surprising too. Like, Yeah, well, but that's, but how, that's what I'm saying is... Then if you're open... I mean, <laughs> I get it. But again, out of all the, the shooters though on the perimeter you have, that's probably not... You know, Beyond Riley's not the one I want taking that shot though in that moment. But it, it works out. It, it, so it's null and void here. It, you know, it's, it's just all speculation here. But I just think that was a mental mistake that could have cost them as well because I just thought that, that shot selection... The shot was nice. It just was off, like you said. But I just thought at that moment, that was a mental mistake to take that shot that quickly with time on remaining on the clock. Well, again, though, like and then you have that huge makeover mistake by someone that you want to have the ball in yes, Noel Coleman. Coleman. Yes. And then you're like, what is going on? So four seconds left on the clock. Joe McClanahan. And he actually even said that he told uh, Coach Montgomery that he's going to make the shot like he this has been like the ultimate weekend of manifesting to the fullest uh if you guys were listening to the show last week when we had director of ops dominic drury on the show he and i were talking as if like all right we're going to be washington yeah like we just were like you know when we're on the championship game on christmas we just kept putting it in into existence and sure enough we beat washington state like oh okay we're in the championship game and then we said some other things to each other before the game um that i should probably not say on air to not get anyone in trouble 
But we basically were talking about winning the championship, winning the championship. And I even said, I was like, you know, SMU is beatable. I, The fact that we got to play SMU over Utah State, like SMU had update, like Utah State, even all the basketball guys that talked to Utah, Utah State was the best team in this tournament. And for luckily, SMU figured out a way to beat them. So we got the lesser team, in my opinion. And yeah, because SMU, they're really athletic. They're tall, but they're too. not... They're the lanky. best type of team. Like yes. they're like I think Hawaii plays better as a team or a lot smarter individually as players. SMU not so much. And Utah State is almost like the perfect combination of both. They're athletic and they're smart and they play really well together. So we actually had a chance going into this against SMU. I'm like, hey, we we get chance. We get chance. chance bro. And it was just, oh my gosh. I agree. I don't think as a team they're there quite yet, that SMU team. But what I liked about that SMU team was their athleticism and the fact that they were tall and lanky, but still very athletic. Now, uh, I agree. I think at, at but in, in pivotal moments, though, you kind of need the, the IQ, the oh, basketball yeah. IQ. I mean, and they missed also, those two free, yeah, props, and, but and the you, free throws and, to put the game yeah, away. And also, you need, you know, just to be able to play as a team. Um, and have those moments of coming as a collective group to settle settle the emotions down, and and so I I totally agree with you, and I can see it. Um, but they, you know, the SMU team's still pretty good team. Oh yeah. But you're you're right. I think the cream of the crop of this tournament this year was the Utah State team, and I'm glad we dodged that bullet. And I said it from, or I always say it, like Hawaii tends to unfortunately struggle against lesser talented teams, but if they're just really athletic, we tend to struggle with that, and and that's why you need different players that step up, like. When you look back at the stats, you have someone like Noel Coleman who had a big game against Washington State. But in this game, only I and I say that loosely, like quote in air quotes, he only put up nine points, which was the same as Morsec, who seems to get better every day. I mean, we haven't even talked about Morsec yet. Like he was surprising to me. Like he just he's trying he's finding his confidence. And we haven't had a big well, one that big, but now that he's actually coming into his own and becoming a true basketball player, not afraid to go up to the rim and then the basket. I'm like, I'm getting chicken skin. because I'm like, who is this guy? And I can't believe he plays for our team because we've never had this type of player. Then like, what's his stats again? So that game he was, he only played just over 12 and a half minutes, a three for five from the field, a three for five on free throws, because again, he was going hard and straight up to the basket, drawing those fouls and finished with nine points, two blocks. And it's, <laughs> no, he was a presence uh, for sure, uh, for sure down low, and and it's good to see because especially you know I'm not sure if Iran's still running it, but I know coming out of that St. Mary system, um, where he was at was a four out four out one in uh, system four four around the perimeter one down low, but you need that big physical presence down low, and and I don't think he's ever had it here in Hawaii, but now he does, so he could kind of run a similar offense to that. He's got shooters on the outside, of course. Juan Munoz would have been you know. The, the, the oh, icing yeah. on the cake because you would have had three solid options from the outside uh, to, that you could depend on to move the ball around the perimeter, come back in, back out um, for the, those open looks. Um, but but having that that presence down low sets up so many different options. You clog the middle, but you can also make people collapse to free up the the the, out, the exterior. So, um, you know, I, I've watched a few games now and, and, and I, I kind of that was one thing out of my mind, too, was. I feel like every game he's not there yet, but I felt every game he's making that improvement oh, we talk yeah. about. You know, like how we how with like the football team, you're not expecting them to win, 
But what you want to see are these little improvements on on little little things here and there, right? And that shows growth, and that's what you're seeing in Morse. So I, I, I'm I'm happy. I'm ecstatic. I can't wait to see what the future holds for him. And I'm actually for the first time in a long time excited about UH basketball. Um, not 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 quite like to to Rako's status, but but you know they're it's okay. I welcome uh, you, fans. But they are they are a fun fun group to watch, and they always have. And and I and I'm a big fan of Ron Gannat. Um, I I think he he's going to do wonders still for the future of this program. He's still building. I think the his his style, the way he wants to run this program. So you know, I know he's been here for already. How many years has Ron been? Eight. Somewhere around there. Eight years. Yeah. But, you know, he's still building it to what he wants and finally getting players that, you know, fit his his system and his style. So I'm excited for the future of this program. Everyone jump. Well, we do have to step aside way past the clock, but we'll continue our University of Hawaii men's basketball conversation when we come back on Wake Up in the Den. in your final work week of 2022. Oh my goodness, we're just talking about that epic Christmas Day win by the University of Hawaii men's basketball team, 58-57 over SMU. Jovan McClanahan getting that clutch three at the very end. And then it was crazy because you thought like the game was over, but then he gets fouled with like point whatever seconds on the clock and then he, so all the fans are going crazy but there's still less than a second left and still time when he gets fouled because you you technically the clock stops when the foul happens so they call the foul and then but the shot goes in so we're up and there's still that little bit of time left and then he shoots the free throw but of course the smarter move was to miss it and then so that it would take off the time. Oh yeah, that's that's all. That's right. That too, because they actually do get the defensive rebound and called timeout with time left, and then everyone's like, uh, and then so even more so, I'm like, oh my gosh, is this really gonna happen to us? You talk, yeah, talk about roller coaster of emotions. You're like, we just thinking we just won. Oh my gosh, and then shoots the free throw, smartly misses, but then they get the. <laughs> the rebound, call the timeout, and there is still time on the clock because, again, the clock doesn't stop until after the shot is shot and someone grabs the rebound and it physically touches one of the players when the clock stops, but they simultaneously almost like got the rebound, called timeout, and were granted the timeout, and then you're like, oh, great. This yeah. is this is really going to end for us, isn't it? Like, we were that close to victory, and knowing everything that we deal with all the time... Is it really going to end like this for us? And we thought we won and now we're was, not going to win. And it was just like, so it was, it was almost like the heightened celebration a few times. Like, yay, we won. Oh, wait, we still got to, there's still time. He has to shoot the free throw. Oh, yay, we won. Because there's like, you know, he grabbed the ball and the game's over. Oh, they're granted the timeout. Oh my gosh, they get, they have time for an inbound play. Like, and it was funny. It's going to end. It was funny because while we were trying to figure out like, did they call a foul did they call timeout what what's the deal here um and then you you know we're watching on tv in slow motion you go like well best case scenario i mean worst case scenario is they put maybe 0.34.4 seconds back on the clock just so that gives at least uh smu a, a chance to shoot the ball because you need at least 0.3 seconds uh so they say right 
um, anything else like there. There's mm-hmm. no point in putting any time back on the clock. So we were like, you know, probably based on the slow motion of when possibly a timeout could have been called and then the touching the ball, we were like 0.3. Then they put like point, was it 0.9 or 0.6? I think it was like 0.9. Like point, then they put like 0.9 seconds back on the clock and we're going like, where did, where did the extra 0.6 seconds come from? Yeah. You're like, you were like, what? And then, and then we're like, oh, this this has the makings of a, a deep throw, tip, boom, exactly. SMU, ties it up or wins it. And and I was like, this this totally has the makings of it. And we we're like, oh, here we go again. And Hawaii kind things. We're just so used to, right, to be like, we see this stuff happen all the time. Obviously, like I said, and this is a March Madness moment. And, and it's happened throughout like going to I've been to so many basketball games and it's usually always the other team that wins in that fashion against us and you're just thinking like oh my goodness I just was my head was in my hands like half the time through that final minute so it was it was interesting to watch it it was on yesterday on ESPNU and like it was interesting to watch the ending as one from a different vantage point on television but also to to actually watch it because I'm not gonna lie I was my like I wasn't really watching the whole, like I wasn't watching when they had that free throw, the one prior to Samusa getting that rebound, because I was just like, oh my gosh, he's going to make the rebound and the game's essential, or the free throw and the game's essentially over. But then like, I hear everyone cheer and I look up and I see Samusa grabbing the rebound. I'm like, ah, ah. It's <laughs> just like, and, and I got to give a shout out to um, Kamaka Hepa's dad. Actually, he was sitting close to us courtside and he, I love that guy. He was like going crazy, but he was like a good crazy, you know, like he's not one of those nuts parents that you're just kind of like, all right, like, can you stop yelling at your kid, please, sir? You know, like he was a good, he, he was welcome to us crazy fans that are sitting courtside and it was a good time. But when, again, when you look at the final stats, Considering that Jovan was the hero of the game, and this is why statistics really, you have to actually watch the game. That's why I always talk about the eye test, especially when it comes to basketball, because you look at his final stats and I mean, he only had five points. But considering that he was, yeah, the, the hero of the game. And then, you know, an assist, a turnover or two assists, sorry, a turnover. But his production, though, his plus minus 13 Nice. So that's why it proves that, hey, you know, even though he didn't put up a lot of points, he was still contributing. Leading scorers, Bernardo Da Silva and Beyond Riley. So, And I know why you, you, you kind of said it like that, Beyond Riley, is because I still don't think though in that moment with 102 left with time on the shot clock, I, I still don't think he's the right choice for that moment. I get it. He made it in Wazoo and, I'm, uh, and, and I understand why he took it. I just think there's still too much time on the clock for that exact shot when you're only down two. But like we said, more sec. SMU, though, by the way, like, leaded for just under 36 minutes. So 35-44, SMU had the lead that entire time. Their biggest lead in the second half, 16-30, at 16-33. Hawaii only led for two and a half minutes with their biggest lead, three points, in the first half at the 5-19 mark. It was funny. <laughs> um, my... I. So I was driving um, towards the end of the second half when SMU went on that. I think it was twelve to two run in the last couple minutes of the of the first half, and you're thinking like, "Oh man, here we go." I get to my in laws' house for uh, Christmas dinner, and um, you know, I turn on the game. I, I take the remote over from my mother in law, who keeps always watching reruns of Chicago Fire. I'm like, "Okay, enough <laughs> of this, N- enough of this, mom." So I ask, I ask her politely, "I'm like, can I can I change the channel? I want to watch the game real quick." And she's like, "Oh yeah, of course." 
and and so I, I changed the channel of the game. And the first things out of my father-in-law, uh, his mouth is, oh man, down. I think at that time when I we had the first half just started, SMU just scored. It was so I went down at fourteen at that point. He goes down fourteen already. Like you know, started the second half not looking good for Hawaii. It's gonna be a tough one. And I and I said, you know what? Something about this though, it, it'll it'll be a lot better. And then kind of UH went on a little bit of a mini run, and then SMU came back, and and then you're thinking like, oh man, here it's just not. It's just too much to climb. Too too big of a hill to climb. And then the the last couple minutes happened, and my mother in law was into the game, my father in law was into the game, Lauren was into the game, and then you had Kenzie running around like <laughs> everyone's like, like, hey, and, then, then like watch. and then like Ken, you know we're all yelling at my daughter, Ken, Kenzie, stop, go, 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 just just go into the room and play. <laughs> <laughs> I think though that's why this team is exciting and hopefully you know knock on wood again, barring any more significant injuries, please we need to stay healthy with already losing that injury Juan report Munoz. brought to you by Hawaii Pacific Health. Yeah. And so it's like just the fact that they're that well-rounded. I mean, 22 points off the bench for Hawaii. Of course, both of those coming, the scoring coming from Beyond Riley and Morsec. But guys like that and Cody Williams actually got a lot of playing time. We haven't seen a lot of him, but he got 12 minutes on Sunday and didn't really contribute on like scoring. But I mean, he he's very good defensively and is really like, I guess, a bother I, I say that term dearly, yeah, to the other team. So the fact that we're that well-rounded compared to, you know, SMU's three points off the bench and we have 22. So you can throw these guys in as starters. And we're only, again, we talked about Morsec earlier and even beyond Riley, like they make significant progress every single game. And I think that's the exciting part is you have these two really dominant players coming off the bench and getting better every single game yeah i like the bench depth um you know you know there's that saying that even if you don't score and you're not the offensive player just don't do things that hurt your team and you're going to be just as good and pivotal to the team as as a starter or or the go-to offensive guy right and i think that's what this bench does they all know their roles they stay within themselves and they don't try to do too much just take care of the ball and also, don't do anything that is a detriment to your team by creating fouls or turnovers. So, I mean, that's all you could really ask for. And so, the bench depth is, is really going to help them, especially as they get into Big West play. Mm-hmm. By the way, this is a last thing for basketball, or a couple of last things. This is like the best photo of Kaipo getting run over by Jovan. <laughs> So oh, yeah, uh, I saw like, that and on ben, ESPN, and, and, yeah. and some of our friends are sitting courtside. So after Jovan hits the uh, game winner, and then he, for I some did. reason they they just your adrenaline's going and you're just so fired up, and so you just run and poor poor Kaipo gets like taken out by the team, and he was like on the ground. You see the replays that he's on the ground, but of course gets back up, and then you see our other friend Ben that's like celebrating. There's another guy out there. I don't know. Another guy. There's another guy that keeps running around everywhere. (laughs) There's someone that ran across the court. We do not condone that, people. You should not rush the court after a game. Um, But it was just like, what is going on? I cannot. Oh gosh, Alan is oh, laughing man. a little too hard. But yes, it was it was everything about that game was so exciting. Um if you have ESPN Plus, I think you can find it. If you haven't watched it, I suggest you watch at least if you're if you're stuck on time, watch the last five minutes uh and you're a basketball fan because you need to you wanna be in the know. You want to be in the know. This is the biggest game of the year. Uh, we welcome all of the bandwagon fans. As you guys know, I've been around forever, so like she's, Alan, she's we welcome on the, Alan. She's driving the train. 
We welcome all of you. Come aboard. Come on top of the University of Hawaii men's basketball train. And hopefully we will make it past the first day in the Big West Conference Tournament. That's kind of the the, the goal And every there's year. your shot uh, to but, reality. But yeah, they do open a Big West Conference play this Thursday against UC Davis, and then they play on New Year's Eve as well. Uh, the New Year's Eve game is at 5, and then Thursday's game is at 7, so... You know where I'll be for the beginning part of New Year's Eve. Well, what a man! What a maybe year! We'll see if the I get fam- to end my year with basketball. Maybe my family will. Maybe we'll see yeah. if my family wants yeah, to go. It's five o'clock, so it's not too bad. You'll be out of there by like seven. So, all right, all right, woohoo! New Year's Eve basketball, but first got to get through Thursday, and and that's the crazy thing, right? Like as an athlete, you have this such such this high, and it, even though it's historic, at the end of the day, it's not the conference season. You know, your goal is to win the Big West Conference Championship, and which they haven't done since Iran's first year here. And this is Iran's, and the the knock has always been, well, that's not Iran Ganas players, yada yada yada. So there's still a lot to prove, especially amongst the general public and the fans. So it's coming down now as the player and just focusing going forward. They had their off day yesterday. Woohoo, celebrate, recover. And now you got to switch your focus to, all right, that was great. Now we have to really get everything going. So that's this weekend. All right, when we come back, we will switch it up. Talk little NFL when we come back on Wake Up in the Den. Wake up in the dead. Oh, wait, no, it's the bottom of the hour. Welcome back to all of you, the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den, Kule, Agbayani, Alamia. That's my thing. You know, I do that at the bottom of the hour. I, I had know. to catch myself. I'm like already on like the New Year's break. I was like, whoa, 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 gotta rewind. Make sure I welcome everyone back the way that they're supposed to be welcomed back because they're listening and they need to always be reminded that they are the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. Including Alan still. It's a miracle. This I'm is gonna like end has the, to be a I'm re- gonna I'm gonna knock on wood. <laughs> I'm going to remain on this list to close out the year. <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure? About I'm not, that? but no. I'm gonna try. All right. So there's kind of like a little bit of everything going on in the NFL right now. Probably the thing that will concern most uh, Hawaii fans is that Tua Tongo Vailoa is back in concussion protocol. So a day after they lost to the Green Bay Packers. Boo. <laughs> uh, head coach Mike McDaniel said that he is back in concussion protocol, having displayed and admitted to having concussion symptoms when he spoke with team doctors yesterday and was immediately placed into the protocol. He added that he's unsure on which play Tango Vailoa might have initially suffered the concussions. That's what head coach Mike McDaniel said. There are like some stuff on social media that kind of there, there's one play, I believe, he scrambled and then got tackled. And just like how we remember him uh, initially getting that really bad concussion against Buffalo, he gets... And it, again, it's still a clean tackle in, in, in NFL and in just football terms. Just the way he falls, falls on his back and hits the back of his head pretty hard. So that's kind of... It's all speculative. Everyone's just trying to figure out when he got the concussion. And some people are trying to dig into watching that game to whether or not the NFL spotters had missed him already showing signs because that's what they added, right? They have the spotters that watch these players and can essentially call down and say, hey, that guy looks like he's showing concussion. 
like symptoms and take them out. So to Tango Vailoa now back in concussion protocol protocol after the game is complete. This happened yesterday. Again, they had already played a played a full game. Nobody knows exactly what play he hurt himself, but yesterday is when he came forward and admitted to team doctors that he had symptoms and now he's back in concussion protocol. It's hard. I know why players don't speak up when they know something's not right. Um, you know, they always say you're not going to lose your job to injury. Just, you know, be honest. But it's hard. It's hard when you, when you have that dog in you, that fight and, and that desire to lead your team. You don't ever want to be like, you know what, guys, I'm, I'm not feeling right. Something ain't good. And, and I have to sit down here, um, especially in the fourth quarter. Uh, but I, I just I, I think. If, if history hasn't ta- taught us yet, I don't know when we will learn as a society and as athletes and as, as fans and as coaches and as team personnel, doctors and whatnot, where uh, something's something's got to give. And, and it's got and it's it, we got to start saying it's OK to be injured and, and, and to sit there and say, I'm not right, because now you're, you're looking at like Tua here days after finally going, yeah, I'm just it's, this is not happening. This is not good. So that's two days of non-treatment or at least monitoring that could yeah. have been really, really scary. And, you know, you never know what happens with a concussion. I remember getting my bell rung a couple times playing baseball and, and you know, they always had to make sure like uh, always kind of like watch me and, and see how I was. And now imagine that going like days without saying anything. So no one's there to protect you and to make sure you're okay. What happens if you passed out? Mm-hmm. No one would ever know. And that's the thing that bothers me. And and because these guys are so scared to sit there and go, like you guys, like I'm not I'm not right here because they're either gonna lose their 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 job. They're gonna be looked down upon because of the fans are gonna be like, yeah, you quit on your team or you, you you're you know you know, man up and, and, and all. Yeah, yeah, Fortunately, yeah, yeah, yeah. those fans are getting fewer and fewer they, because they we're are. learning about they, more. They but are. Yeah, you're right. They're and, still going to be there. And and so these guys is putting their health on the line to try to win this game. And I know it's an important game, but you just wish these players at one time go. They put themselves before their health before the game. And, and I know it's easy for me to sit there and say that because I'm behind the mic or I'm on the sideline watching it, observing it as a member of the media. But I just I just start to think this is starting to get scary where these guys are so afraid to, to speak up and be like, um, you know, something's not right. Like, what was that game the other day during the week? The player um, got tackled. Oh, shoot, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on who it was. And he, his teammate had to sit there and call a timeout and say like, no, 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 my, my man's not right here, because um, he, the guy got up, he wobbled, tried to go back to the line. Uh, he was a wide receiver, tried to like just line up, and it still wasn't looking right. His teammate had to call a timeout. You have spotters and doctors there for a reason. Do your jobs. I don't care what the owners say. You have an integrity. Mm-hmm. You you signed you know an oath to protect the health and lives of of those. What, what are we doing here? Yeah. And I mean, if you were watching it in real time, I mean, I didn't get to actually watch that game between I watched part of it uh, with the Dolphins and the Packers. But, you know, it, it's very if, if you don't have like a serious um, like boggle of the head like he did the first couple of times when he hit his head in those games earlier in the season, it's hard for from afar to really spot it. But at least something maybe his wife or someone, maybe his parents told him like, okay, you, you, you're not right. So you need to sit out for a little bit and for him to only come out yesterday, but which is a good thing. And, but the craziest thing is that, so backup quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater will take first team snaps while Tango Vailoa is out, 
But Mike McDaniel said it's still too early to name a starting quarterback for Sunday's game against the New England Patriots, which means there is still, unfortunately, a chance as you look at the playoff picture that's why the Dolphins are still very much in the hunt there are only two spots available playoff spots available in the AFC so the Bills clinched Chiefs clinched the division Bengals clinched the playoff spot so did the Ravens Chargers so you have right now in the hunt are the Jags and the Dolphins but not too far off are quite a few teams with that seven and eight record so they're still and that's where right like that's where the debate is like all right what are we do we sacrifice the hell i mean and yeah and teddy bridgewater can do the job no, like he he's can, not awful yeah he can do the job and here's the thing too it's it's Tua just is coming off a severe concussion it doesn't take much to 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 rattle his brain again uh, i mean for lack of better words it's it's the reality of where we sit today and so you got to think of the health of the player and and you're right for me teddy bridgewater former starter very serviceable and very good backup. You sign these guys for a reason. Put them in. Protect your players and your future, your franchise. Put the guys you pay to to be able to 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 with withstand the tides. Put put them in and 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 preserve the safety of your 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 personnel because otherwise, what does it say to you as an organization and as a staff? Yeah, and and Tua isn't. Like, he's not Patrick Mahomes, right? Okay, like, he, he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to make or break, like, the team winning or not. Like, if Patrick Mahomes is out and you have to put in a backup, like, that's a huge drop-off. But the Dolphins are stacked. They're pretty good on defense, and they have a stacked offense. As long as, almost similar to the 49ers, right? You have Brock Purdy. He's not, like, the second coming of, like, the best quarterback we've ever seen. He's just a smart player, and he limits mistakes. And luckily for them, like Shanahan is a good head coach and they're stacked on both sides. So all he has to do is just game manage, really. And that's what the Dolphins can do. They can do well. They can still win without Tua. And I mean, just the fact that he threw, that's that's another thing too. So even though he didn't noticeably show symptoms like he did in week four, where um, not, not the severe one when he went into that um like the fetal position mode, but just he, you know, when he got up, shook his head and kind of stumbled a little bit. The fact that he threw like those three picks in the fourth quarter. Yeah. But, and they were not like, like the Packer defense didn't work for those interceptions. They were, just they, right, they yeah. were like, where you looked at it. And that's the part of the game I watched. I'm like, did Tua really just throw, like, how did he not see that guy? Like, you're an NFL Vision starting quarterback. Impaired. Yeah. And so now looking back, you're it's like, starting to oh, make sense. And I remember it's making sense. Yeah. And I remember I went to my in laws that night and my father in law was like, what happened? Tua just threw three picks in the fourth quarter. And I, I didn't even think about it because at that time, yeah. you, you never knew like there was a thing. I go, yeah, you know what's funny though? Those three picks, it means like, I think that's only his sixth pick overall in the year. He's still the most. Prof- efficient quarterback in the league that's all i could think of now two days later you're hearing a concussion protocol you're going like oh my god this was yeah that's probably now now it's probably why he threw those three picks and and you're right there green bay didn't do anything special on those plays it's just literally i i think possibly i don't know for sure but possibly at some point in that fourth quarter he the concussion uh he he got a concussion and his vision was impaired because you're right he was just throwing straight to, to to the Green Bay uh DBs and and you're going that's not, that's unlike Tua especially this year you're talking about at the time only throwing three picks on the year this is not a guy who just comes in just starts mm-hmm. giving the ball away just 
like candy. Yeah. And not only vision impaired, but also just maybe reaction time. I think we forget how fast the NFL is and how quick these defenders are. Because when we're watching it, just like I, I think I talked about this last week when we watch replays of penalties and stuff, we're like, how did the ref miss that? But it's happening lightning speed. So if your reaction as an NFL quarterback slows down, like just that split second, that will lead to those interceptions. And it just, yeah, it just looks more obvious and it's unfortunate, but hopefully they look out for him a little bit more, send him out this game and yeah, hopefully. Well, to uh, take care of yourself. Here, real, real quick, you don't need, like Teddy Bridgewater is more than just a, a game manager. He's actually yeah. got talent to do more than just manage the game. So it's I just yeah, for me they have it, a that's, really good backup. Yeah, for me it's, it's no question. Like no, there's no doubt about it in my mind. Play play Teddy yeah. Bridgewater and and you should be all right. We'll see. We'll see what the Dolphins do. All right. When we come back, we'll actually continue the NFL conversation a little bit and. It was right again for my pickup the week. Woo woo. <laughs> when we come back on Wake Up in the Welcome back to Wake Up in the Den. Kule Agbayani, Ali Mia. Final work week of the year. Uh, talking some NFL. So we, we talked a little bit about the AFC, but just to get everyone caught up for now. So teams all officially eliminated. There are eight so far, and these are the teams eliminated and the approximate 2023 draft order. So you have the Houston Texans would get the number one pick, followed by the Chicago Bears, Arizona Cardinals, Denver Broncos, Indianapolis Colts, LA Rams, Atlanta Falcons, and the Cleveland Browns. So again, that's the team's that have officially been eliminated from the playoffs and that draft order. And going back over to the AFC, you have the Bills who clinched the division and are currently slated at the number one seed and the Chiefs at two, Bengals at three, Ravens at Ravens for LA Chargers at the actually the sixth seed. And in the hunt right now, you have the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Miami Dolphins, but not too far off. On the bubble, you have the Patriots, Jets, and Titans and Steelers actually really all at seven and eight. So the next couple of weeks as we start off or head into week 17 are really going to matter. And as we mentioned, the Patriots being right there on the bubble and the Dolphins do play each other this week. So it is a must win game, which is why head coach Mike McDaniel doesn't want to make the decision to sit out to a Tango Vailoa this Sunday because it is a very, very meaningful game for them in terms of the playoffs. Heading over to the NFC side, you have the Eagles who clinched a while back and they are at the one seed for now. And the Vikings, the 49ers and the Cowboys all officially in the playoffs and in the hunt. There are the Bucks, the Giants, and the Washington Commanders. But on the bubble, I mean, the Seahawks, the Detroit Lions aren't that far off. And the Green Bay Packers are right there as well. And the Carolina Panthers and the Saints could very much sneak in. The Carolina Panthers have kind of been the surprise in a sense, just because they, once they traded Christian McCaffrey to the 49ers, like a few weeks back, you thought, all right, they're just going to, you know, sail off into the sunset and start planning for next season. But nope, they're kind of are coming out with wins that have been somewhat shocking to a lot of us uh, as they did beat the lions over the weekend, which was 
again, that was kind of shocking and convincingly 37-23 beating the Detroit Lions. But that's a look at the playoff picture. And earlier we we're talking about Tua and just making the decision to sit out and it reminds me of J.J. Watt. So J.J. Watt actually announced his retirement today as he had posted on social media with a picture of him and his family that it was his final home game as they do end the season on the road. So J.J. Watt has retired and he is someone that, you know, he could very much play a few more years. He's still relatively young, but Having had his first child recently, I think he just looks at life differently and the position that he plays, you're getting knocked and physically just your physical effort every single game and who knows how many concussions he's had. But the fact that you choose your health and your family and credit to him, I mean, he's made, I believe I saw $130 million in career earnings and his wife and is a professional soccer player. So it'll be nice that maybe she can just focus on that after she gets back into shape and is fully healed after having their baby. And she can just play professional soccer and he can just be the stay-at-home dad so that's someone when we talk about Tua you have JJ Watt who is just essentially and rightfully so just choosing his health and his family now and and credit to him oh which by the way speaking of babies forgot to mention congratulations to Marcus Mariota who also recently just had a baby and they started posting on social media I feel like we found out like a week and a half ago but I didn't want to say anything until it was social media official because I don't want to be the one that breaks the news as we saw even people Tua got upset at people that were asking him about him getting married when that wasn't supposed to be public so after that I'm like I don't think I should tell everyone about Marcus Mariota having a baby until it's social media official which it is so congratulations to Marcus and his wife for having their welcoming their first child into this world especially during the holidays so another thing I wanted to mention over this when we talked about emotional roller coaster <laughs> earlier when it came to the basketball game, um, talk about emotional roller coaster when it comes to the Circa Survivor contest. Uh, so I was out a very, very long time ago, but it's still going because there are still quite a few. There's there's four actually with that are undefeated. But the this final week of Survivor, they, they, it was almost in two parts. They had like A and B because the games were so spread out, like between. Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And basically it could have ended on Saturday had the Raiders come out with that win and they kind of lost at the end because there was only one guy out of the four that had the Raiders and all the other teams had lost. (laughs) So he could have been the sole winner. And if you're the only winner, the prize pool would be $6.13 million dollars because if you all finish um tied then you have to split it amongst each other but he could have been the sole winner and the contest would have ended and he would have won by himself 6.13 million dollars but (laughs) that wasn't it so he was 46 seconds away from winning that and then the Steelers had ended up beating the Raiders so it's like okay shoot now he doesn't win and then (laughs) So you get into week uh, 16B is how they have it listed in the Circus Survivor Contest. He chooses his, his remaining choices, or he could have chosen the Dolphins or the Chargers. <laughs> he chose the Dolphins. <laughs> and Oy. the Dolphins lose. So he went from being 46 seconds away from winning almost or just over $6 million to being eliminated. 
within oh. the span of like less, probably less than 24 hours over the weekend. Talk about emotional roller coaster. And again, if anyone's not familiar, it, it takes a lot to get to the end. Um, just to remind everyone what Survivor is. Basically, you need to choose a team, an NFL team to just win. No, no, no spreads or anything just to win. And, but you cannot select that team again throughout the rest of the season. So Circus Sports in Las Vegas has the big contest, which... Um, I had entered, but got out thanks a lot to the Browns. <laughs> really quick, quickly. Um, so at least, at least, fortunately, the Browns missed the playoffs. So because I just was like, I hope they lose because that was a very bad game. Anyways, but yeah, so there were four winners, and now yeah, it was a tough Christmas weekend for that guy, and so he went from almost winning to being out. <laughs> that sucks. So sick You're for so him. Close, but yet so far. All right. Final thing when it came into the NFL, you know, I think I'm. Uh, it must be something about Allen being gone, and I just have the pure like good juju because the Allen's first week of being gone. I think my pick of my quote unquote lock of the weekend for NFL was the Bengals to cover. I think a three or three and a half point spread against the Buccaneers, and they easily covered that. And last week, because I had called it on Friday's show and Allen wasn't a part of that show, I had picked the Houston Texans to cover the three-point spread as the dog against Tennessee. But I also mentioned, I was like, you know what? We want to have a little fun, sprinkle a little bit on that money line because I think the Texans could beat the Titans without Ryan Tannehill. And the Texans beat the Titans 19-14. to 14. Winner, winner, Straight chicken up. dinner. Double time winner. So, I don't know. I think it's Alan's fault that, you know, I, I have my locks and they hit the last couple of weeks. So, you're welcome. But anyways, it's been a fun show. For Alan Mia, I'm Kule Agbayani. Mahalo for listening. Bye. D-O-I-A lives here. K-G-U-A-M. K-236-C-R. Honolulu is the Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760.